0: Good morning, everyone. How's it going? Good. Good. You've been good to your mom so far. That's not very confident. (laughs) So before I say Happy Mother's Day, I'm sorry, moms. I'm sorry. No, Happy Mother's Day. We are so glad to have you here with us on this very special day. Uh, And truly, from our hearts to yours, we love you. Um, You know, and honestly, no matter what your calling is in life, no matter where you are, we're here to celebrate you as a mom, as a woman, uh, to thank you for uh, all that you do and who you are. In our lives, whether it's mom, grandma, stepmom, uh, foster mom, spiritual mom, Uh, you know, honestly, even some of you that serve in our kids and our student ministries, you have become huge spiritual moms uh, to some of our kids. And we're just so grateful for everything that you do. So uh, thank you. Thank you for um, just who you are and who God has made you to be and how you share that with us every single day. And we pray that today is a blessing and an encouragement to you, uh, no matter where your calling in life is or what your calling in life is. As we uh, continue our series today, this is us. Now, This Is Us is not only a popular TV show, but it's also our way of just kind of saying, hey, this is who we are as a church. And we're so happy to be able to continue this series uh, today on this very special day. Last week, Pastor Tim kicked off this series, and I really encourage you to take a listen to that or watch it on our, our website if you didn't get a chance to, because it really lays the foundation of who we are and what we believe, especially when it refers to God's Word uh, and when we talk about communion. And so it's just kind of a great way to kind of start this series. Uh, last week, we also learned a bit about Pastor Tim's TV watching habits. Yeah, if you were here, if not, you got to go watch it. Uh, but, but we learned that his wife loves to pick out TV shows for them to watch together where she cries. And then he sits there and analyzes why we as an American people like these shows. And any of us that know him really aren't surprised by the fact that here she is like weeping, crying her eyes out this show, and he's creating spreadsheets trying to figure out this phenomenon, right? I mean, that's just him. Uh, and it's, it's so family, right? That's what families are. So often it's two completely opposite people being brought together, right? This is, can only be God's idea. Right, it can only be God's idea. It's so crazy, but it just works, right? It's who God is. It's how he's designed families to be. And no matter what you hear out there, family was God's design from the beginning. Uh, and this idea of family really is so important to us as a church. So when we talk about who we are and you know, what is this is us, family is a key component of that. And maybe you're sitting there going, okay, you know, wow, you guys are so so unique, right? You're coming up with family. Of course, family is important. But I want you to think about the society that we have today, the culture that we have today. How often do we struggle to be able to raise our families the way that we want to? How many times do we run up against institutions or people that used to be allies in raising our kids in the way that we would want to and the things that we want to instill in them, the the morals, the values, the faith, and now these entities that used to be allies are now kind of enemies, or at least they're fighting against us. They're trying to push our kids in a different direction. So what I would say is, while it's not an overly unique idea that a part of who we are as a church is family, I would say it's very important for the church to step up its game in defending the family because the family is core, not only in how we raise our kids you know, socially, emotionally, educationally, but honestly, as a church, a huge part of who we are is that we believe that the family is the key, here, let's put it up the next slide, so I say it exactly the way I want to, is the primary in developing people for eternity. I want you to listen to that again, right? It's not just about how our kids are raised educationally, socially, emotionally. For us, it's primary. The family is primary in developing people for eternity. That's why this is so important to us. This is why, on a day like Mother's Day, we wanna spend some time to talk about who we are as a church and our value of family and honestly, it's because a huge part of this is you moms, as you. And so as we look at this idea of families being this core component, I just wanna challenge us in this. I wanna challenge us in this because so often we get caught up. We get caught up in just going through our day-to-day lives. We get so caught up in just trying to keep up with all the things that are going on that it's just, man, there's just enough in life to keep us busy which is the day-to-day, much less thinking about eternity. But here's what I want to challenge us with today. Where will our kids turn when things don't go well in life? Where will our kids find their hope and comfort when they run into a situation that they never planned for? You know, I'm so grateful in my life that I had moms, I had my grandma who poured into me this love of God. Because honestly, this is what it's about for us as a church. It's not just that we're a church and so we love family. We, we, see, we see the difference it makes when God is poured into a kid's life from the beginning. We see the difference it makes when we actually build a child up in their faith from the beginning because we see where they turn. And not only because we see where it goes right and where it works. I mean, also as Pastor Tim pointed out last week, we see it in God's word. Right, And God's word is where we find our truth and our norm. It's not, it's not that it just contains the word of God. It is the word of God. It's where we find all of our truth for life. And it talks about pouring this faith into our kids. We also see it in how it works out in our own lives. I want you to think about that. I mean, when we finally can turn to God, when we turn to him in those times of trials and troubles, when I myself have gone through so many times where my life feels in chaos, or sometimes my soul even feels like it's in chaos, and I turn to God. He is the only one that's never let me down. And so, if we can give that gift to our kids today, if we can help develop them for eternity in that way, it is such a gift. And it's why we can't even let today go by without talking about it. It is so important. And like I said, I see that in how my mom and my grandma poured into me. And I look at my grandma's life. My grandma, an incredible woman, an incredible woman of faith who went through an incredibly difficult life. She had 11 pregnancies, four ended in miscarriage. She had a husband who uh, suffered from being bipolar. He died from his disease. She went through so much loss and trials and troubles. But in the, the day, no matter what happened, she knew what our hope was for her kids. She knew, even in her, her last days, even in her last days on this earth, her one prayer, her one hope, she would constantly tell us, I just want you all to know Jesus. This is a woman who lived in the same house for over 60 years. This is the same woman who never got to travel the world, never got to make a huge impact on anything but her family. But I'll point out the fact that she got to have a huge impact on her family because she knew what her goals were in life. She knew exactly what her hopes and dreams were. And I want you to think about, not only did she make a a difference in our lives as her family, she made an incredible difference in all the lives that we get to impact. Because here's the thing, I get it, we're all busy. We all have so many things going on. I'm busy, Pastor Tim is busy, every one of you is busy. I'm not going to stand here and pretend to be able to kind of dissect your lives and try and show you where you have time for this. But the reality is that the best plans are not about right here and right now. All right, the best plans are about tomorrow and forever. And so as we think about our kids, as we think about making a difference in their lives, so often what happens when we're so busy is that we get caught up in just taking care of right here, right now. And so we might say yes to things or no to things that really aren't what's best for their tomorrow. I get that, you know, it's hard to say no to every extracurricular activity or every sport or every event or whatever it is. And maybe for right now, it's so easy to say, okay, sure, let's go do this or let's go do that. But is that really leading them to where you hope for them in the future? Or what about for you? I I, mean, I, I get that it's so much easier just to keep working really hard and trying to get that money and get that nice house and get everything in line for what you want for right here and for right now. But is that really helping to reach the ultimate goals that you have for your family? So often we don't take the time to think, to step back and think about that, do we? We get so caught up in just trying to keep up with right here and right now. I look to my grandma, my grandma, my little grandma that I said was so small I could put her in my pocket (laughs) and carry her around with me. That would have been nice. Man, I miss her. And the world would look at her life and say, yeah, it wasn't too special. But because of her ability to plan, because of her ability to know what she wanted for my life, for my sister's life, for my family's lives, she made a huge impact in us. Because she was willing to, so often to say no to things that maybe you and I would look, look at and say, of course you want that today, of course you would want that, but she knew that if she did that today, it would, might change what she wanted for us tomorrow. And it wasn't easy for her, right, to help pour that into us, it wasn't like it was always easy. There were sacrifices she needed to make, Sacrifices to make a difference in my life, in the lives of my families, but so often the best tomorrow needs sacrifice today. So often the thing that we need for tomorrow is gonna to take some sacrifice today, and that's something that my mom learned from my grandma. My mom was an incredible, is an incredible lady, and she gets to be here at the, uh, I think she come to 1130 service today, and so of course I'm gonna brag on her, are you okay with that? But my mom, was a, uh, my mom was pregnant with me and my dad actually died of a virus that went to his heart and killed him. And my mom, because of what was poured into her and the love of life and love of family, she made the sacrifice to still be my mom. When my dad's family abandoned her and said, we want nothing to do with you or that kid, she still made the sacrifice to be my mom. When she looked ahead of her and she saw the sacrifice of, you know, my mom's an incredibly talented woman, incredibly smart, right? I mean, she really is. And when she saw, you know, I'm not going to get to go finish college like I planned. I'm not going to be able to have the career that I planned. She still said, I'll make that sacrifice. And she was my mom. Even when it came to us living with my sister's dad and he, with his alcoholism and his temper and anger, just kind of creating this hellish of an environment for us. She made the incredibly tough decision to be our mom, to love us, to sacrifice for us, and to get us out of there. And I look at that, and it was just sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And the reality is, I know it's not just my mom, it's not just my grandma, it's not just the moms in my life that I've seen sacrifice from. Honestly, I think it's safe to say that moms are heroes of sacrifice. I have seen it in so many of you, in so many moms, over my lifetime of just making sacrifice after sacrifice. I see it in my wife, even in our life today, of what it takes to be a mom. And what's pretty cool is we also see it in the Bible. And we're gonna see it today as we look at our text for today, as we look at the story of Moses. And not just the story of Moses, but we're gonna take a look at the story of his mom, Jacobin. Now Moses, if you haven't heard of Moses before, uh, Moses, here's a quick kind of summary of his life. Moses was born into slavery, uh, so he was part of the Israelite people. The Israelite people were enslaved by the Egyptians uh, for over 400 years. He was saved by a princess, so he became royalty. Literally went from being a slave to being a prince, right? From being a slave to being royalty. I mean, talk about just a dynamic change of life events. So he got to experience things that people would have never thought that he would have gotten to experience. Now, here's the thing. thing. He still had a temper. He was still human. Uh, He saw one of his fellow Egyptians, beating and torturing one of the Israelites. And something with inside, uh, inside of him, something within him, enraged, and he killed that Egyptian and escaped out of Egypt. He ran out into the wilderness and he became a shepherd of animals, right? To go from a prince, so literally slave to a prince, to some shepherd out in the wilderness. I mean, talk about crazy life roller coasters. But he's just trying to hide out there. And when he was hiding out there, God found him, as God likes to do. And uh, the great I am, that's how God referred to himself when he talked to Moses. He came to Moses and said, you're going to help set my people free. And that's exactly what Moses got to experience. So the power of God through uh, God's power as he brought in uh, plagues and trials and troubles for the Egyptians. Eventually, Moses got to lead the Egyptian people, an entire nation, out of slavery. Like I said, slavery they've been in for 430 years. He got to experience that. And so often we get caught up in this idea that, oh man, Moses just must have been an incredible guy. Or man, it just all kinda comes back down to him and of course to God. But I would challenge you on that thought. I challenge you on that thought because I really think it all begins. The great exodus of God's people, the Israelites, out of slavery actually began with Moses' mom. And so we're gonna take a look at Exodus chapter two. Uh, In your chair Bibles, it starts on page 45. It's so early on in the Bible that it's only two numbers, 45. It's very early on. So if you want to take out, there's a Bible either in front of you. If you're in the front row, it's underneath your seat. What I ask you to do is open that up. And what we're going to do is I'm not going to read the whole text right away. We're going to read kind of bits and pieces together and kind of break it down. So go ahead and just leave it open when you get there. If you have your Bible app on your phone, that's fine as well. So Exodus 2, starting with verse 1. here's how it starts. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. That's Jacob, that's Moses' mom. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I think we need to unpack this real quick, is that he was born a slave, but he was actually born set apart. So even though he was a part of the Israelite people who were enslaved, to be a Levite means, meant to be born into kind of the priesthood, to be born into a nation full of priests, full of religious leaders. And so he was already born set apart, he was born something special, but what kind of drives me in this, what kind of hit core with me as I read this, is so often we think that our kids are going to learn faith through, like, osmosis. You know, I've had people say, well, my my grandma was a believer, and my great-grandfather was a believer, and they'll go down their whole line, and you talk about all the believers, and there was a pastor in there somewhere, so that makes you extra holy, right? It doesn't, it doesn't at all, (laughs) trust me. Um... You know, and they'll go through all that, and they'll go, so my kid will be fine. Well, here's the thing. Being a faithful family is a strong foundation, but it isn't a guarantee of a faith forever. See, the reality is it's not just about some, some uh, genetic thing being passed down from generation to generation. It's not how it works. It's something that has to be planned for, has to be taught, has to be passed down verbally and in how you act, how you treat others and how you come to church or don't come to church, how you pray or don't pray, all those things your kids are learning, your grandkids are learning, your family is seeing what you do and what you, what you don't do. And what I'd say is, so often, right now, it's, it's easy to feel defeated in this moment of this message, right? it's easy to go, ah, but we don't do a very good job of that. Here's the great news. You can start today. You can start by coming back to church next week. You can start by opening your Bible on Monday together. Right. It's not over. Even if you're a grandma now and you're going, oh, but I raised my kids. It's okay. You can start tomorrow. It doesn't have to be the end of it. And so what I love about this is it shows us that he had a firm foundation, but his mom didn't stop there. Right. His mom still had to have a plan. She still knew where she wanted her son to end up. And here's the thing, right before this text, in chapter one, we see that the king of the Egyptians, the Pharaoh, was getting very nervous about the Israelites because they were having a lot of babies and they were uh, growing, at least that's what he was being told, they were growing too fast and all this stuff. And he, he wanted to stop that. He didn't want them to be so powerful, so uh, numerous, that they would overtake him. So he actually put out a decree that every male baby that was born to the Israelites would be killed. I mean, talk about a tough spot to be in as a mom. But again, Not that we have our our babies being taken away from us and slaughtered, but we have some challenges in our culture today that they want to lead our kids this way when we want to go that way. And so we can take a look at what did Moses' mom do? What did she do? Well, she had a plan, and we see that starting in verse 2. When she saw that he was a fine child... Okay, I'm going to have to make the joke here. What if he was ugly? It's a terrible joke. Anyway, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. All right, she had a plan. She hid him for three months. She hid him and protected him away from the world. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tire and pitch. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood in a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, right, went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. That's the Israelites. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Now think about the planning that went into this. Think about the trust. I mean, here's the reality is, I can't promise you just because you make a plan for your kids to end up here and just because you do everything that they're going to end up there. But if someone had a lot of faith, man, it certainly was Yaakovan. It was certainly Moses' mom. I mean, she hid him from the authorities for three months. And then she trusted because of her faith, because of her trust in her God, that she could place him in a basket and put him in the river and at least it was an attempt to save his life. And then we see God work. And so often we get caught up in just what we can do and we forget that God still works. And so when we put this faith into our kids and we keep planning for them and we keep hoping for them to reach there, we can't forget that every step along the way, God is with them. God is watching over them. He certainly was here with Moses. And it wasn't just because he was a cute kid. God was faithful. And not only was he rescued, he was rescued by a princess. I mean, cha-ching, right? I mean, it's not like he was just like average Joe Schmo. He got to go from slavery to being a prince. Because his mom had a plan. I'll be honest, so often for me, because of my life circumstances, when I think of a plan and making a plan for a child, uh, the first phrase that kind of comes into my mind is when someone makes a plan of adoption for their child. Now, I know for your kids, uh, you have all sorts of things that you can plan for your kids. And what I'd encourage you to do is, as I'm talking, uh, you know, still be thinking in the back of your mind, what are some things that I really want for my kids? Where is our end goal? Because like I said, so often we can get caught up in the right here and right now and we forget about where we're actually trying to get them to. But for me, because of our circumstances, because we're in the foster care and adoption world, the first thing I think of is that someone is making a plan of adoption. What that means is that a mom or a dad or both make the very difficult decision that says, you know, we know that we can't take care of our son or our daughter and we're going to make a plan for them to be adopted into a family. And when I think about this, I think about the plan that... uh, my Ethan, my youngest, that his mom had to make for him. Uh, my Ethan was, uh, uh, when his birth mom was pregnant with him, uh, she has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, sickness that kind of plagues her. And while she was pregnant with him, she made the plan and the sacrifice to say, you know, I know it's not what's best for me, but my medications are really not good for my son. And so she made the very difficult decision to stop her medications while she was pregnant with Maithan. And the problem was, is that when he was born, she was too sick to be able to take care of him. She was too ill to be able to give him the care that he needed. And so he was taken from her, even though she made a plan and she did the right thing. I mean, she really did to love him in that way. And he was given to his maternal grandmother to be taken care of and she raised him and cared for him. But then they got to a point where he just got a little too old, a little too big, a little too, I don't know running around, climbing around, doing all that good stuff that you an know, 18-month-old starts to do. And it was just a little too much. And so his grandma and his mom had to sit down together and make that difficult decision on helping decide where Ethan would go. They made a plan for him. They realized that they couldn't give him what he needed, that they couldn't make that for him. And so they actually were given a lot of family said yes to him, said yes to taking him in and, and helping give him a place to stay until his forever could be determined and they picked us out of all those files. And even though for us, it, it overjoys our heart and I am so blessed to be able to have him in my life, I can't imagine how difficult that was for them. But again, it's not just about making plans for our kids. So often those plans take sacrifice from us. And we see that again in Jacob's story. We see that again in Moses' story in the last verse, because this is honestly the last verse that I see. Let me skip to the verse, please. So, hopefully, you got it in the reading, but just in case, Jacob, Moses' mom, not only got him to safety, but then she was the one that was picked to nurse him and to help raise him until he was ready. She got to spend life with him, she got to connect with him, she got to be his mom. And then, and then this, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. That phrase there, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. That's probably one of the most difficult verses I think I could ever read. She loved her son enough to make the sacrifice of not getting to be a part of his life anymore. She loved him enough to do whatever it would take to get him to the destination, to keep him in the faith, to keep him alive so that he could make a difference in the world. I want you to think, this Moses is the same Moses who grew up and saved a nation. But without a mother's planning and sacrifice, he never would have gotten there. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that your son or daughter is going to be the next Moses. But here's what I would say. Moms, as the heroes of sacrifice that you are, as you look at your kids, as you look at who they are, as you look at the hopes and the plans and the dreams that you have for them in the future, just imagine, just imagine that you made those plans and you made those sacrifices. And then imagine that they actually got to live that life of faith that you'd always hoped that they would have. Imagine the life that they would get to live as they found their hope and their joy in Jesus. And then imagine the impact that they would have on the world around them. I'm not saying that they're going to bring, every th- they're going to bring one thing to the nation. I'm not saying they're going to bring one thing to everyone like Moses did for the Israelites. But maybe, just maybe, they're going to bring one thing. One huge thing to just one person. And for that one person, it's going to be everything. I look at my life, I look at my grandma, I look at my mom, I look at their plans and their sacrifices, I see what they did. and It's not that I'm anything special, but then I look at all that I get to be a part of, all that I've gotten to experience in sharing Jesus with people, and I go, if they didn't do what they did, if they didn't have the heart... And the passion and the plans and the sacrifices that they did, I never would have gotten to do that. And who else might have gotten to be robbed from the goodness of Jesus because of that? And here's what I would encourage you to do. And I get it. We're all busy. We all have so much going on. And I'm not trying to just load your plates with more, Mom. I'm not. I'm not trying to give you one more thing to do. I get it. You got enough. But here's what I want to say. is just imagine... If your plans and sacrifice change the world for your kid, imagine if you start on a new course today. Imagine if you try something different today, or imagine if you just keep going strong in what you've been doing and how that's going to change their world today and tomorrow and forever. And then just imagine the world around them and how it's going to be changed by them and their todays and tomorrows and forevers. Imagine how different this world could be. That's what I want to challenge you with today is that through changing your child's heart, through changing their tomorrows, through changing their forevers, you are gonna change the world. Because I want you to think back to Jacob, but I want you to think back to what she did and her sacrificing of her relationship with her son. By losing her son to herself, a whole nation gained freedom. Where else has that happened? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but I have eternal life. It's not just a great Bible verse. It's not just one of the most well-known Bible verses. It is the very heart and nature of our God. And so moms, you have the very heart and nature of God himself inside of you. You have a love that knows how to plan. You have a love that knows how to sacrifice. And that love inside of you, that love, that heart of our God is what will change your kids. It's what will change the world. So moms, if I can do anything today, and dads, I get it. You're a very vital part of this all, but it ain't your day. (laughs) Moms, if I can do anything for you today, it's this. It's to say, you've got this. You are so incredibly important, not only to the lives of your kids and your grandkids and your spiritual kids, but you are so incredibly important to the world because no one has what you have. No one has the ability to do what you can do. No one has the power to pour out who you are to your kids and to the world. You've got this. You are a powerful And a mighty force because you have the very nature, the very heart of God himself inside of you. And this world needs every bit of who you are. Your kids need every part of who you are. And just imagine what the world will be when we continue to plan for our kids and sacrifice for our kids and pour into them everything that we hope, dream, and imagine for them. Not financially, not educationally, not any, but spiritually. Imagine if we have a generation who has been raised up to spiritually know who their God is, to be able to trust in him, to be able to turn to him no matter what, imagine them impacting the world around them. It will be a Moses saving an Israel. You have that power. You have that ability in you right here and right now. That is who you are. That is who your God has made you to be. And you have the ability to change the world right here and right now because you are mighty, because you're mom.